Welcome to Alternative Dog Moms Podcast. I'm Kimberly Gautier, the creator of Keep the Tail Wagging. For the past nine years, I've been blogging about raw feeding, pet wellness, and life as a crazy dog mom. I've seen massive improvements in my dog's health since I started raising my dogs naturally, and I'm passionate about sharing my experience to help other pet parents. I'm Erin Scott. For the past nine years, I've been researching and learning everything I can about healing cancer, allergies, autoimmune, and mystery illnesses in both my dogs and myself, and I can't wait to share with you everything I've learned on this journey. As the Alternative Dog Moms, we're bringing you all the latest dog health news that we're following and sharing the tips, tricks, and resources we learn along the way. Now, let's get started. Hello, Erin. <laughs> okay, so, ow, ow, ow. I have a cat with me, and he is trying to get my attention with his claws. And it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like love. <laughs> love shouldn't hurt, Cosmo. Jeez. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. It's like 95 degrees now. We have had such like ADD weather. Had to go to the dentist today and the dog food store and the grocery store, but I lived. <laughs> it is about 60 something degrees today. Mm-hmm. And after having this extra long spring that we've had, it feels like it's 80. <laughs> it's warm. No, it, no wonder it's 68 degrees. Okay. That's why it's so warm outside, but it's just so weird, you know, for me to be like 68 and I was wearing a hoodie and I had to go change out of the hoodie and um, I basically put on some summer clothes because it's so hot. And, but then, you know, I talk to other people in other areas of the country and they're like, yeah, <laughs> that's not hot. But it's like so far, this is the best we got. And they're almost finished painting our house. So it looks really good. And you were doing some DIY projects this weekend. Yes. Did you see my shelves? I did. I'm so proud of them. We just put them in place downstairs. And Johan was like, so, but aren't you going to go ahead and touch up the spots? And I'm like, there are no spots. It's perfect. <laughs> and he was just like looking at it. He was just like, well, there's that. And I'm like, it's black. It's still black. Nothing's bleeding through. And it, it just like everything is taking different times to drive completely because I used um, paint and then I used spray paint to touch up what the paint didn't get. And it, it worked out. It's not perfect, but for me and my skill level, it's an A plus and I'm quite proud of it. I think it's awesome. I am so not DIY. So I just think that's awesome. I know either. And Johan's doing, he's redoing our stairs. They were carpet and now they're going to be um, not hardwood, but um, the the fake hardwood stuff, laminate. the laminate. Yeah. So they're going to be doing, he's going to do that. And he's going to like, we do have hardwoods on our main level and he's replaced most or part of it, but the big chunk of it, the kitchen and the family room, we're going to put laminate over it, you know, just to, cause the dogs have just destroyed it and we have no desire to put new hardwood in for them to destroy. So, yeah. But yeah. So he's working on the stairs and he did three steps uh, yesterday and they look so good. I mean, it's amazing. And so I took some of the wood scraps <laughs> from his project and I'm like, I'm going to make stuff with this because now I'm a DIYer. And he's like, here we go. <laughs> of this pile of wood where it's like, well, what are you going to do? And it's like, I'm going to make birdhouses and hang them around our house. And so that's what I'm going to do. Make birdhouses. All right. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> There's an episode of The Simpsons where a Homer made a birdhouse and it like, it was horrible. (laughs) So that's what's on my head. I'm going to be like a menace to the birds around here, but I think I can do it. I think my parents still have like a birdhouse that I made in like seventh grade industrial arts class or something. (laughs) I know my mom, I made something. It was like, I don't really know what it was. It was, I think it was a shelf. And it had hearts in it Aww. and and the hearts had mirrors behind them. And you're just, I don't know, I guess it's for knickknacks or something, but I made, I was so proud of that thing. I made it in shop class in the eighth, in, in the eighth grade. So freaking proud of that. And that was the last of my DIY. <laughs> yeah. 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 Same. <laughs> but now that I painted those shelves, I kind of feel like now I'm just going to go to garage sales and buy old furniture and reclaim it. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> those are, I have a friend, um, Tina, who lives in Florida, and she does that. She's and she will build stuff. She'll take furniture apart and redo it, or go get wood and build things that. Because she'll just like, oh, I want this, and she'll just go build it. And I'm just like, wow, really? Yeah, I'm so amazed by people that have that kind of yeah. talent. You know, especially with like, it's like people. I'm sure people still sew, but I never really think about people sewing. But when I was a kid, sewing was a big deal. And then there are people who had to go buy a pattern and people who could just free, you know, you can tell them what you want and they can just freely do it. Because I knew girls who their mom made them like whatever fashion brand was going on, their mom could make it. And it's just like... Wow. I did not have that mom. (laughs) (laughs) My mom was a, let's just go to the mall. Yeah. 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 And then, I mean, what most we did is we used to um, hem my pants because I was short. And so, but otherwise, yeah. We would be going to the fashion bug or (laughs) the JCPenney catalog. I remember the Christmas catalog that would come in. It was just like the best time of year that and a pile of post-its and just sitting there pages for Christmas time. It's just like good gravy. Well, I have some exciting, exciting stuff to talk to you about. And I'm so excited because about, I don't know how many years ago it was. It wasn't, it was a few couple years ago. I was reading, I was, I don't know what I was researching, but I came across an article over on Merkula that um, uh, Karen Becker wrote. And within the article, she said something about how people who balance over time, you know, like that's pretty much a fallacy that, and she said in there that, you know, studies have shown that most homemade diets aren't balanced. And I'm just sort of like, what study? Because there was no link to a study that I could go and read. So I was just like, and I I just figured, you know, I'm just going to, I'll Google it and it'll come up and just nothing came up that was related to the study. So I just figured, okay, I don't know. I don't know what it was and, you know, who cares and moved on. But when I was doing the farmer's dog review and I was, I crawled all over their website and I have to say that I'm pretty darn impressed with the person that I was talking to their customer service, because I sent them a long list of questions and they answered, you know, most of them. And one of the questions, because on their frequently asked questions page of the farmer's dog website, it says a question that says, well, can't I just make my own dog food? And the answer is, of course. And, but it's just, you know, like, but, you know, keep in mind that 95% of, you know, studies show that 95% of homemade diets aren't meeting their dog's nutritional needs. And so I was just like, where did you get this? And so they sent me a link and it was UC Davis that did that study. But there. This is like one of those things where this is why when we hear stuff, we need to ask people for the source and we need to go read it ourselves because it says, this is what people are saying. 95% of, um, I'm just going to say homemade diets because this is not a quote, but 95% of homemade diets are lacking in necessary levels of nutrients. The problem is, is that the real statement is 95% of the 200 recipes examined resulted in food that was lacking in necessary levels of at least one essential nutrient. And then more than 83% of the recipes had multiple nutrient deficiencies. So yeah, still not great. But when you read the entire article, you have you walk away with a different sense of what's going on. People are acting as if raw feeders are just the wild, wild west. And we're just like, who cares about balance? Let's just do our own thing. And I say that as a person who has a video on YouTube that says balance is BS. I understand the irony of that. But uh, that video wasn't so much that we shouldn't balance. I just don't think that people should be afraid to feed raw because they think that they can't balance their dog's diet. And I feel like this quote that people are taking... um, is going on to discourage people from feeding raw because see 95% and um, what I wish, and I'm still looking for the real details of the study because I think it says they went to 32 sources, 34 sources. So it was veterinary textbooks, pet care books, and then websites. So I would love to be able to see like what exactly did they look at? 
Because that's my question of where, what is the yeah, ideology of these right. recipes that, they, that were being examined? And they they use, you know, and then and the two people who did the study, they are veterinary nutritionists and they have the software to analyze the studies or analyze the recipes. And then they compared them to AFCO and to NRC. OK, that, that was my next question is what yeah. was compared to. So it was it was a legit like they they were legit looking at these recipes, I'm, I'm just curious about like, when it comes to the websites, like what websites do they go to to get recipes? Because if they came to keep the tail wagging, and by the way, this happened back in 2013. If they came to keep the tail wagging, they probably found a whole slew of recipes that were so very not a balanced diet recipe. Because back then, that was when I was first feeding raw. So I wasn't really writing about raw. But I had tons of like dog treat type of recipes mm-hmm. and they were mostly for, you know, when you want to treat your dog. And so you'll cook up this cool meal or you make these cookies. And then I think about um, there are a couple of books that I have. And I don't think the author is a veterinarian, but he has two f- cookbooks. And I know Judy Morgan has cookbooks. Dr. Kathy Alanovi has cookbooks. I think that Karen Becker has recipes in her book. Yeah, were so, all of those books available back in 2013? Yes. Oh, okay. Not, probably not the yin and yang book, but I'm I'm pretty sure that she, um, Judy had another book open back then. And yeah, and that's actually a good question because I don't know when Karen Becker's book came out, but I feel like it was already, it always feels like they've been around for so long that I just figured that, you know, their books were out. But it's, I would just love to know I want to see their the source material yeah. because I would like to see not to not to just dis, like disclaim their study, but it would be interesting to see um, or get a, a sense of the motive behind the person that shared the recipe. So was it someone sharing something? Because I've actually gone through. My, uh, let me finish my first sentence. Was it someone sharing something that was as a treat, or was it someone who was? saying that this is actually a healthy diet to feed your dog. Um, Because I've gone back with my recipes and I deleted all of the ones that I used to have years ago on my blog. And then anything that I have today, I am now slowly going back and basically making it clear that this is not a balanced recipe, that it's specific to my dogs. And I run the recipe through the animal diet formulator to show this is what this recipe is deficient in. And that's going to be a long, I don't have tons of recipes, but it's still going to be a long project to go through and finish all of that. But yeah, I'm really curious about this. So I'm just, I'm just happy because I was like, I learned something. (laughs) I just remember. So I very first heard about raw feeding for the very first time ever in like 2008. And I was not able to wrap my head around it, nor my wallet, quite frankly. (laughs) And I think it was in 2013, because they both passed in 2015, with Lucy and Clue. It had to have been 2013 or 2014 when we first started feeding raw, Mm -hmm. Um, because it was like, Within like a year or two, uh, you know, Lucy and Chloe were both senior dogs and, and, you know, and we ended up losing them both like, like a year or two later. And there was not a lot of information out there yeah. at that time. And so I'm like, where would they even have come up with all this yeah. stuff? Yeah, you're right. Because I'm looking at a different of um, Dr. Morgan's books and it was published in July of 2014. So, Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, there when I started, and it feels like a lot of people started around the same time. There is like a three year period between like 2013, 2015, 16, where a lot of people were coming into the raw feeding space and a lot of people started creating content about it. Um, the groups all blew up. Because that's why I found you, because you're, you know, years ago, because you're one of the only people. Talking. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hilarious because, um, People, um, I always tease Rodney because Rodney found me and he wasn't doing anything. He, you know, he wasn't doing what he did. And then he found me and was just sort of like, I can do that. And then he blew me out of the water because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, yes, you can. And you do it so much better. But yeah, it's kind of cool because I think I was talking to, I don't remember who I was talking to. I was talking to someone a few years ago and we figured out that many of us kind of 
entered the the space just from different venues around the same time. And then eventually we slowly started gravitating towards each other. But um, it's kind of it's kind of cool just to see the um, the differences, because if I had if I had read this article, you know, maybe like 2014, 2015, I would have been like, how dare they? They're just trying to sabotage us and blah, 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 blah. And I don't know what the motivation behind the people doing this was. And I don't know, like, that's why I want to read it, because I don't know how many of the recipes are cooked recipes, how many are raw food recipes. Do you want to send me the link? Because I'm going to dig around. I'm going to look in footnotes. I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. I mean, because it's like I'm looking at this stuff and I, I mean, there's just nothing in here that has a link to the details of study. It's just an article about this study. And so I'm still looking for the actual study. There's links to other studies, but it doesn't have anything to do with this one. So I just want to know, um, yeah, I'll send it to you. Because I want to know what was behind it. You know, you know, were it, it would be interesting if you know, because the article doesn't tell you like, are these home cooked, you know, or are they raw or anything? It doesn't. I mean, I gather it's one, one or the other or both, because that's what we, you know, we're not making kibble at home. But, <laughs> um, but I'm not surprised. I mean, if you think about the number of people who feed their dogs chicken and rice and don't really think about the fact that you know. What, what are you missing in there? Maybe they'll throw in some mixed vegetables. I was the same way. I'm always curious where that sort of stuff comes from. Like, oh, I mean, I understand a vet might say that if your dog has an upset stomach or something, you know, but it's like, where it, it's like kind of like one of those old school myths. Of like, oh, you feed them chicken and rice. And you're like, where does this come from? Yep. Well, I will tell you my logic when I did it. <laughs> because one, when I was... When we brought our first dogs home, I was truly, um, I got the right dogs for me, thankfully, but I completely humanized them. They were my babies and I humanized the hell out of them. And so to me, I thought, you know, chicken, because it's supposed to be easy on the gut and it's affordable. Um, And then rice, because, you know, that sounds good too. And my mom used to make this chicken and rice dinner with... um, I think it was like with cream of mushroom or something like that. It was, I think it was probably like even on the, like on the can or something like that. So this That's what I was going to say. I think every mom made that. Like, I know. And it looks so good. And I mean, I think from memory, I enjoyed it, but it was something like that. Like I started thinking about the food that I enjoyed growing up and just remove the spices and remove the bone. And, and that's what I fed my dogs. And so I, oh my gosh the reason why I started deleting recipes off my website was because someone emailed me to say someone who was claiming to be a nutritionist. Nowadays, everyone seems to think that they can call themselves a nutritionist when they're not, but she was claiming to be a nutritionist, but she had a really good point. And she was just sort of like, you know, you have these articles on here that these recipes are terrible. And I emailed her back and was like, well, thanks. Can you send me a link to what you're talking about? And so she sent it to me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that was written. It was written back in like 2012 or 2013 or something. And I was just like, yeah, you're right. And I deleted it. And I just went through and started just go. I went through that whole era and just got rid of all of the recipes. And and they were just, they were recipes that I got from other people. Um, I you, Have you heard of Harrow? Help a reporter out. Oh, yeah. 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 I used to post, um, uh, I can't remember what they call it, but queries. I used to post queries for recipes. And I wanted them to be from like, you know, veterinarians or people who are familiar with animal nutrition. I never followed up and confirmed what people's experiences were. I just trusted that they were giving me something. And in my mind, I wasn't thinking that anyone would take one recipe and feed that to their dogs for the rest of their lives. I thought it would be like something like if you're feeding kibble, but maybe on Fridays you want to cook for your dogs or on Thanksgiving you want to do a special dog meal. That was sort of my logic when I did it. So I wasn't even worried about I just I did it based on what I thought sounded good, <laughs> not what was good for my dogs. Well, I think it's so awesome that you'll say that, you know, because some <laughs> people wouldn't, you know, would say that like we said about the whole thing with Rodney with like learn, unlearn, relearn. Yeah. I think it's awesome that you're always evolving and, and, and making, you know, being that responsible to to go back through like your archives. Thank you. I know it's easy. It's it's funny because I, a friend of mine, she says that that's like a really great 
personality trait of mine is that I'm more than happy to admit when I'm wrong and I made a mistake. And it's just sort of like, I can't keep up with everything. I'm like the worst liar ever. So it's just easier. It it shortens the conversation. It makes, we can all go back to a happy place. If I just say, I don't know, or yeah, if I screwed up or, you know, cause then we're like, everyone can go rather than trying to defend what I was doing because it's like, I, I can defend it, but I was still wrong. <laughs> it's like, and I'm okay with that. Well, I don't necessarily think of it as like being right or wrong. It's just like, oh, I have more information now. So I'm going to update. You. Yeah. Well, and that's basically what it comes down to. And I, that's why it's, it's always interesting to me when I come across people who are completely, like, <laughs> I always find it. I think, I don't know if I've told you this before, but um, like in the past few months, this woman, she got so upset with me on Facebook and it was quite just, it was, it was an exact, it should have been a meme because it was exactly how conversations on Facebook go. And it was, I should turn it into a meme, but she, I posted something about, oh, cause I had my keep the tail wagon group and I was trying to create a group for Patreon and Facebook was just giving me such a hard time about trying to get it done. So finally, I was just like, you know what? I can't deal with this anymore. I'm just going to create a group for Patreon and then let the other group go. And so I posted that, that, hey, I'm getting rid of this group because I wasn't posting in it. I wasn't doing anything with it. I just want to have a group for Patreon members and, you know, this, you know, dollar a month, blah, blah, blah. And someone said, well, of course I'm upset with you because now what you're saying is that if I want to learn anything from you, I have to pay and da, 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 da. And I followed you for a long time and, and I was sort of responded back and I was like, where did I say you, I had to pay you? And she was just like, up, 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 rah, da, da, da. And I was just like, no, that's for Patreon supporters. You don't have to support me on Patreon if you don't want to. She's like, but if I want to follow you, I have to. And I'm like, no, you don't. You're following me right now. This is free. And so basically with the going back and forth, it came down that she thought that I was shutting everything down and just having a Patreon. And so when I clarified that, no, 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 I'm closing the group because I'm never posting in there. I post on my page all the time. So I'm going to have a group for Patreon supporters and then you can follow me on my page. And she was just like, that's the point. I'm a member of that group. Then I realized that she thought that we were actually talking in the group, but we were talking on my page. So no, you follow. It was just, and it was like, I was sitting here trying to just understand things from her perspective. And I was like, oh, okay. So she's completely um, twisted around. And by now two other people had joined the conversation and were trying to explain what was going on. I had updated the post. Cause I was like, gosh, was I really not clear? And like, you know, let me make sure that other people aren't confused. And, um, when it came down, I was like, so everything is fine. I'm still going to have my blog. That's free. I'm still going to be posting here. That's free. You do not have to do that. You know, I'm not going anywhere. And then she came back with, then I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree. And I'm like, agree to disagree about what? <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> and it was so great. And I did. I asked her, agree to disagree about what? I just explained that you misunderstood. And, you know, maybe I wasn't clear, but, you know, no, I'm not going anywhere. So I don't understand that. But it was just, it, to me, it's such a representation of this world in which we can't be wrong. Like if we were like, oh, I got it. I, I didn't understand. Like somehow that saying that is horrible. And I just felt so bad. And I don't even know if she still follows me anymore. Because <laughs> she was really upset with me. I always assume that I'm misunderstanding something, you know, like if I read something and I'm like, Kim's shutting her whole thing down, I must be misunderstanding. Like my default is I must be misunderstanding something. So I just always find it's just an interesting psychology thing of like how we all kind of react to yeah. that. Different I've learned to ask questions because I have misunderstood. You right. can't help it on social media. Gosh, I mean, you can have a conversation and someone can join in and they're doing all caps and then maybe they do a reaction, but they select the wrong reaction. Like they select the angry face. And I've seen conversations devolve into hysteria because someone clicked the wrong thing or, you know, cause I've seen it where like 
you know, tagging some, what's with the angry face? Was something anger or why did, what's the laughing face? Was I, am I being funny to you? Am I entertaining you? And I'm like, oh no, 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 you guys, they probably let it go. Let it go. Just, I just assume that if someone did an angry face, it was just like something reminded them of something. So they're like, oh yeah, angry. Or if someone does a laughing face, it just, it has nothing to do with me. And, and I have, I'm so terrified of clicking like the laughing emoticon when I mean to click the care emoticon. Right, right, right. Yes. I mean, I wish Facebook would rearrange those. Yeah, that's always like my worst nightmare. Yeah, that thing has been around for years. And I still, if someone posts about losing their dog, I carefully click there and I stay there to make sure that's the one that highlights before I go on. Because I I actually uh, have a family member that was angry with me for years because she misunderstood a comment. And even though I, we finally connected and I explained it to her and she was like, oh, okay. She, I don't know if she forgot that we had this conversation, but I found out like years later that, yeah, she can't stand you. She says you owe her an apology. So I'm just sort of like, okay, I call her up and go, so why do I owe you an apology? Because am I missing something? What's up? And and it turns out it was, again, misunderstanding. Oh, I forgot that we talked this out. And it's like, how long have you been mad at me? Because I mean, literally years. And it's Facebook. Facebook is destroying our lives. Well, I really do think that most, you know, conflicts and angst that we go through is usually because of either yeah, misunderstanding, miscommunication, like jumping to a wrong conclusion, like somehow you don't have all of the information or you don't have all the correct information. And, and so I've really tried to, um, to just remember that at all times. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I've, I've, one thing that I constantly tell myself is that how others people think of me and what their opinion of me is none of my business. It's their business. Right. Because my opinion about people, the people I mean, there aren't actually many people out there that I absolutely dislike. I mean, it's really hard to hold on to that. There are people that I won't really hang out with. You know, I'll be respectful to them. But, you know, it's not like I'm going to, you know, I'm giggling on the phone late into the night with them or anything. But, you know, I am i don't do that with anyone. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> but, yeah, just accepting that. Someone told me that years and years ago, and it always stuck with me. Her name was... Was her name Trixie? I just know she had a really like one of those names where it's probably adorable as a child, but as a woman, people were like, "Really? Is her name Trixie?" And I and I was just sort of like, "I like her name," but every time I said her name, people would be like, "That's a stripper name," and it's like, "Is it though?" I mean, so Trixie told me that all the energy that you hold on to being mad at someone is so wasted because that person isn't even thinking about you. Yes. And I was just like, it, it, that it blew my mind. Cause I was just like, what? They're not at home mad at me too. And they're like, no, they don't even know you're mad right. and they're just going on with your life. And you're just like in this funk. And I was just like, wow. And so I always think about that. Cause even though I've had, I've had several several back and forths with many content creators in our space over the years. I just, you know, I don't care. It's just one of those where, you know, we, we have our thoughts and our opinions and I'm more than happy to say what I have to say. And there you go. That's, that's the end of it. And if, if we don't talk again, okay. And if we can move past it and talk again, then okay. And, but I'm also a person that I can still love someone, but not love what they do or love how they act, you know, so I can still, you know, really think, you know, have a whole lot of respect for someone, but they do one or two things that drive me absolutely bonkers and be like, gosh, I hate that they do that, but I'm weird. (laughs) So another thing I want to tell you, you can hear the crinkling. So I live in a small town a small town, Marysville. And today I wanted to go to the bookstore and I'm so grateful. Oh yes, I saw this. Yes. I'm so grateful because I was going to drive down to Everett to go to the bookstore, but one of my brake lights is out and I need to put more brake fluid in my car. My car is fine, but um, 
I need to service it. And so I'm doing that tonight. And so I wasn't going to be driving, you know, 20, 30 minutes away. Um, even though, you know, my car is fine. The brakes are fine. But just in case, I just went to my phone and, and looked up, you know, bookstores near me. And I know that there is a Christian bookstore in our town. So I figured that's all it would come up with. And we have several bookstores in my little town. And I just chose one of them because it looked cute. And when I went inside, it was my fantasy bookstore. It was one of those, it was the bookstores, like, you know, there are movies and books. Some of my favorite movies and some of my favorite books has a bookstore in it. And this one movie, Notting Hill. I was just thinking that. A bookstore. And this reminded me like Notting Hill, but on steroids. And it was like, it, they had an upstairs and it was one of those places where books are like on the side of the stairs going up oh. and books are piles and everywhere. And it is organized and you can find things, but there's so much. And she, the lady came and brought me a chair because I was like stooping down and going through everything. And I was expecting, I wasn't expecting to leave with anything, um, but I bought one, two, three, four, five, seven books. Three, four, oh, seven books. <laughs> And so, because I was looking for books on Chinese herbs. And so, and I asked her and she was just like, I don't know, but if we do, um, it'll be here and here. And she was like, and she was like, and I think I actually just got one in. And so this is the one she got in. And so she gave this to me for a deal, but they were all so cheap. I mean, I haven't been to a used bookstore in so long, damn you, Amazon, but they were all so cheap. And this is Chinese folk medicine and acupuncture. I'm cultivating your microbiome, um, bone broth breakthroughs, chlorella, the key to health, vitality, and longevity, cell level healing, and herbs for health. I'm so (laughs) nerding out right now. (laughs) I mean, and I mean, they're all, they're not new books, but I mean, they're not too old. I actually didn't look and see how old these um, books are. I mean, this is all for humans. It's none of it's for dogs. They they do have a dog section, but it's mostly like breed stuff and a few dog training books. But um, but I was really excited, and and she was because she was asking me, and you know, it was funny because I walk in and I take a deep breath because it's that book smell, and I was just like, oh, I'm here, and it was so funny because when I did it, I you know I looked over and the woman's looking at me, and I'm like, okay, and she was just like, no, I get it, and I'm like, thank you. all day long (laughs) it's like it smells so great in here and I was just going through the books and I mean I was so happy um just to be able to get it but um, we were talking about you know buying books versus doing research on the internet and I told her that I find myself falling into the trap of confirmation bias that when I'm looking on the internet I'm finding information that supports what I already think and I kind of stop looking you know, maybe I'll check out a few other sites. And if I happen to get lucky and one takes me down a different path, then I'll learn something. But I'm like not learning anything. So I told her, it's like, I have to just go get books so that I can just start reading. And then this will take. And I was flipping through some of these books and I'm like, like the bone broth one. Oh, let me, I, I like having you because I can't nerd out with many people. <laughs> I'll just say, by the way, that what the what you're describing about confirmation bias, I just feel like that's so the danger of like the algorithms, you know, is yeah. that algorithms just serve up to us. Exactly. So like we, they know we want to see or that the AI wants us to see. And then you do start to, I start to wonder, because I wonder about these things of, yeah, like, am I seeing real things or am I just seeing like exactly. this curated thing that the AI wants me to think? I get very, I get very weirded it's, out about that. It's funny because I I wonder that about because Google the internet Google I that's where I question it but YouTube I'm really curious about YouTube because similar to how when you talk about something and your phone's nearby and then all of a sudden you start getting yes. mm-hmm. YouTube is even creepier than that <laughs> because um, first of all they keep serving me up ads that I'm like you know, you're preaching to the choir. You're don't give me raw food ads. I actually want certain ads from YouTube, but I, it's hard to get the algorithm to go that way. 
But what it does is it'll introduce something to me. Like I'll be watching, 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 and then all of a sudden something will come up and I'll be like, what is that? And it has nothing to do with nothing. I haven't talked about it. I haven't said it. I didn't even know that I would like it. Um, and so right now I'm watching these, <laughs> this guy, I don't, it, I don't remember the name of his channel, but he talks about spooking stories. And so now I'm terrified of camping. I'm terrified of national parks. And there's like, FYI, Bigfoot is all the way over in New Jersey, apparently. I mean, I am like, there are some crazy, scary monsters around the world. And I just, I learned about something about 411 missing or missing 411. And I don't understand why what the 411 is, except for like, isn't that like call information? Um, But all these people who just vanished, like, and they were talking about, I I watched a full on documentary this weekend. Like that's all this weekend was, was me watching these things. And I, there was a thing where the guy was like, when you're on like um, a hiking path and you're with a group of people that is either usually the first person that goes missing or the last person that goes missing. Because the first person is like, I'm going to go up there and just go around and see what's around the bend. And everyone's like, okay, we're going to rest here. And then the person just never comes back. And then they go and look and there's no sign of them. It's like they were never there. And then the last person, is like one of those people will turn around and the person's gone. And they call out the search and rescue and there's like no sign of them. And then a few years later, like a skull is found. Right. Um, and it's just like, what is happening? I love the Vanished podcast. It's like a different missing person like every week. What? I've been listening to her podcast since episode six and she's on like the 300s okay. now. Erin, <laughs> I'm going to have to say this because you are freaking me out. <laughs> you really are. It was, you know, it started with the container store conversation. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of creepy. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> but it's just like, it is. And I know I shouldn't, I feel like I don't want to watch things about missing people. But it, you know, the the stories that are just like, we don't know what happens. And then what I love is that when there's an absence of what the hell the response is a portal must have opened and then they walk through or <laughs> I mean, and I'm sitting here like, how do I know if I walk through a portal? Does everything change? And did I walk through it now? Have I mean, did you know what could it happen? Will my dogs be gone? Will they be different? Will what will I walk in? Will I know that I walk through a portal or will I change? I mean, and then where does this portal go to? And is it, you know, and then these monsters. I don't know if you watch South Park, but on South Park, they have man bear pig and there is like man bear wolf where it's this monster in the national parks and the, the park service are trying to keep it hush hush. And by the way, there apparently are men and black people as well. <laughs> and they're trying to keep it hush hush. And they're talking about, they don't call it man bear wolf. I call it man bear wolf. But this creature that looks like a bear, but kind of looks like a wolf, but stands up on all on two legs like a man. And he's, you know, scary teeth and smells horrible. Chimera? Is that the word? I don't know. My husband talks about chimera every once in a while. I always thought the chimera had to have, um, like, what is it called? Um, reptile. But I don't know if that's true or not either. That's just I think that's just like his catch-all word. <laughs> But it's just like, oh my gosh. So that's, but okay. So back to the bone broth book. <laughs> so this one is by Dr. Axe, which I do follow him on oh. social media. I really like yeah, his I do too. Um, I wish, I wish that my website was more like his. He has a great website. But what I learned just by, you know, and they, he has fish bone broth. He has fish bone broth and he talks about it. It's been used in Asia for thousands of years. But um, he says, and I didn't know this. There are two types of collagen. No, there's three types, three types of collagen. There's type one, type two, and type three. So the most abundant and strongest type of collagen within the human body is type one. Um, Type two is cartilage within the joints um, is mainly composed of type two collagen, the primary protein found in our connective tissues. And type three is a major component of the extracellular matrix that makes up our, our organs and skin. So I'm like, I can't, I'm going to dig into this. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I actually, I'm only working one day this week 
The other days I'm just going to be like, look at, I have mushroom miso soup. Mm-hmm. I can, I mean, cause there's recipes in here too. I'm not going to make it for my dogs. I'm making this for me. Um, miso uh, was recommended to me uh, for breast cancer. Really? Yeah. So uh, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but uh, I drank, a, you know, I made a lot of that <clears throat> broth. I did not know that. Cause I thought the soy, um, cause it's, it's soy, isn't it? Or, yeah. No, it's a miso paste. It's a paste, but is it soy based? I think it is, but I worked with, I don't know. It, it's a good, it's the good kind. And I, no, I could only get it if it was in a glass jar. Um, and so I had to go to like a certain store to get the one that was in like the glass jar. Nice. Um, and so that, that was like the only, so I don't know. It, it's not my favorite thing in, in the world, but, um, and anytime I have it now, I'm like, Oh God, because <laughs> like, I was drinking a lot of it during chemo. I would make like uh, chemo also messes with your taste buds. That was actually like the kind of one of the worst parts of it for me. So oh. when you're drinking the miso, I, I think it's the, that I had the messed up taste buds and was, you know, doing the miso. So that that's like you know one of those things in your head that when you I smell it or taste it it's like oh god I'm like right back yeah. there you know <laughs> you know that's what it always it was it freaks me out about Scout that weekend that he was vomiting I mean he only vomited like twice but um and I feel like the second vomit was just sort of like the tail end of the first vomit but um I was so worried that he would associate vomiting to his food right. and just be like nope lady you tried to kill me the other day I'm not eating it. Thing because and because that's what I we um I love sourdough bread, love it. And recently, Johan came home with sesame sourdough bread, and he's like, "Look at this! It has sesame seeds on it." And I was just like, "That's weird. I'm not going to eat that." But then I did one night, and I was just like, "This is delicious." And and then one day I was feeling had a sour stomach, and I was like, "Sourdough bread." It'll soak up the sourness and I'll feel better. No, the opposite happened. <laughs> happened. And I, I now know not to eat sourdough bread when my stomach is feeling upset, but I blame the sesame seeds. So now whenever I see the sesame seed sourdough bread, I'm just like, oh, no, 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 oh, that one makes me not feel well. When it was like, no, you were already not feeling well before you ate this. So if I have to have the conversation with myself, I don't even know how I would figure, get my dog to, Trust me that no, that was just that one time. And it had nothing to do with the food. It was your medication. You're good. But thankfully, you know, within 48 hours, 24 hours, he was just like, I want to eat everything again. So when I was four years old, I had hot dogs and a chocolate milkshake. And I got very sick afterwards. And to this day, I have never eaten a hot dog ever again. (laughs) Um, I did that with peanut butter cookies. Mm. And ever since, and I was, it was the summer between my eighth grade year and going to high school. So I was about 14 and, um, I have I cannot eat peanut butter cookies and I cannot stand the smell of peanut butter. Oh, um, the only reason why we have peanut butter in the house is because, well, Johan has regular peanut butter for him. And then of course the dogs have organic peanut yeah, butter. Yeah, we have like one ingredient, peanuts. Yes. <laughs> and, and I use that for medication and yeah. And I actually rarely have to do that because I also do grass fed hot dogs. My dog, my dogs have such little, (laughs) they have grass fed, um, you know, um, hot dogs. And I just basically hollow them out and shove pills in them. Mm -hmm. Um, Scout figured that out right away and took the hot dog and threw it on the ground and then just basically peeled it apart to see what was inside. And I was just so aggravated because I was just like, and so I took it away from him and started giving everyone else hot dogs and he, and and I wouldn't give him one. And then finally he was just like, I want my hot dog and, you know, in dog language. And so I gave him the one that he tore apart and he ate it with no problem. (laughs) Kalua was my girl who would like you know whatever you tried to hide a pill in she would find it and like yeah and like no matter how clever I thought I was you know it was like pew come like shooting no. a it was like the worst there were a couple of days where I had to just shove a pill in the back of Scout's throat it's the worst uh, feeling when you he he's like now well this has been going on for a while where he is not a fan of CBD oil 
Um, and he doesn't, cause I, I like to put it on his gums and he's, he'll just, I'll bring out the bottle and he puts his head down and, uh-huh. and makes it real stiff. So I can't bring it up. And, and so, um, I don't know why I didn't figure this out earlier, but, um, I get supplements, these supplements from WinPro pets and there are chews mm-hmm. and I have, you know, I have, I mostly get the joint supplements for Rodrigo. So, um, I started giving him the chews. So it's like, let me put this in your mouth and then you get a chew. So now when I pull the supplements out and the CBD oil, he just comes in and sits down and he lets me do it. And he's like, so anxious, like, here, get it in my mouth. No, <laughs> you my treat. And so it's this whole routine, but at least he takes the CBD oil. So. Yay. So the one thing I saw this week that I was excited about was that Dr. Kosher is now offering the titer tests. Yes. Yes. And- I feel very fortunate because my vet does, you know, titering on her own. And, uh, but you know, a lot of times people come to me and ask me like, Oh, for a recommendation, my vet doesn't do this. What do I do? And it's always like, it seemed like it was changing or, and I know when some people call their vet office about it, if they're going right off of like the IDEX lab book, um, it's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And then people are like, well, why would I do that? I'll just give my dog the vaccine for 20 bucks or however much that's charged, which by the way, rabies vaccine costs like $2. And uh, the distemper, you know, Parvo four in one costs like 450 a dose. And yes. they will charge you like $36 for, for that. But anyway, I was very excited to have a resource to send to people that she makes it very easy. This is what you need. This is what you do. This is what it costs. This is what we offer. I was like, thank you. Yes. I have a post about titer testing that I need to update um, because I wrote it when Dr. Rob and Dr. Dodds Mm -hmm. were the only ones offering affordable. Yeah, because Dr. Rob isn't anymore, which is what. Oh, really? Well, that's confusing. That's good to know. Well, I know here I asked my vet about titer testing and it was going to be $600 just for the rabies. Yeah. That's if you go right out of the lab book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was so, ex- and it was like, it, was, it wasn't going to be quite a thousand dollars, but it was going to be upwards of that to, for everything. And then multiply that by four dogs. And right. I was just sort of like, but I'm lucky because my vet, I just explained, nope, I'm not doing this anymore. And she said, okay. And you know, and she, she's, she stays on top of things, like as far as changes and, and mindsets and what people are talking about. So it's really easy. I'm lucky because it's really easy just to talk to her about these things. And she doesn't make me feel bad. No one in their clinic makes me feel bad. And I, I so appreciate that. And I'm, I'm noticing in our area, a slight shift in the attitude about when it comes to vaccinations. There's still, there's still the diehards out there, but um, I know where I live, it, we we have a lot more leeway. I think down in Seattle, people, um, I've heard, this is a rumor, that um, veterinarians are reporting people who won't vaccinate their animals. Oh. So, and you can, you get fined. So I was like, well, there you go. But I take my dogs to two veterinarians in Seattle, and they've never asked me about vaccination. So, yeah. And I, you know. I would never encourage anyone to break the law or anything. <laughs> like we don't take, and, and I'm not even saying, I mean, my dogs are technically currently, currently vaccinated, but like, it's not like they're going anywhere where I need to show proof of vaccine. Like we don't do, you know, doggy daycare or anything yeah. like that where I would need to show that. So yeah, I don't like, I personally don't stress about it. Uh, and I actually, that's one of the biggest fights I ever got in with my former conventional vet when I had Lucy and Kalua. Uh, with Kalua, she was overdue for her her rabies for a long time, but she had a health issue, and I knew she had a health issue. It, it, it was eventually discovered to be mast cell cancer, but we had like about a year of like strange things that were happening with her. And at one point she had this cyst, like she'd had this sebaceous cyst on her side for like three or four years. And all of a sudden one day it like exploded. It's very disgusting by the way. And we had to take her in because they actually had to like excise it because it was just like so goopy and so much stuff was coming out of it. Nobody called me. Nobody asked me. 
I went to pick her up after this procedure and found out they had given her a rabies vaccine while she was in the surgery. And I was really angry about that. And a couple months later, come to find out she's had mast cell cancer. So they were, you know, vaccinating a, a sick dog. And that was the argument that I got into them is she's not well. And they're like, well, we don't know that she has cancer. And I'm like, Oh my god. So Aaron, you just like totally vanished. <laughs> it's like your anger kicked you off of the internet. Oh my gosh. I'm hoping you come back soon. Because I have to go pick up dog food. <laughs> so I'm not sure what just happened. I think we lost internet connection. I don't know what to happen. It was your anger. <laughs> you dove deep into that memory and man your anger you were leaning into the camera <laughs> you were, and then you just it went pop and you were just gone and I was just like oh my god that was horrible those poor veterinarian staff they must have been terrified because I was writing electronics with my these years later she just like you're like a individual mercury retrograde. <laughs> it's like, wow. See, this is what happens. Don't mess with the dog, mom. Exactly. That happened in like 2014. And I'm still <laughs> angry about this. I know. You just didn't realize you were harboring this anger. It's like this, our little podcast has turned into your very own therapy session. I, it's like the X-Men or one of those things where I'm just like shooting off like currents that apparently are frying our internet connection. All that negative energy. Knock it off. That was just so great because you were totally leaning into the camera. Like you were just like really in that memory. It was great. It's very triggering. I know. I see. <laughs> Well, it was wonderful talking to you, Erin. Yes, please send me the information on that study because I am yes. a nerd out and do my work thing. I that's totally something I have done like through my job. I've had to like track down medical articles from like the 1960s and the 1930s, and you know we have access to all these like medical school libraries and stuff like. I will dig deep. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm emailing it to you right now because I don't want to forget because I want to see the list of the website. Yes, that's what I want to. That's what I want. I will not rest. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that you're not going to rest. Cool. Well, thanks for chatting with me, my friend. Yes, 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 yes. I'm always happy to talk to you and, and we will be back next week and I will have that information. <laughs> see you guys later. Have a great week. 